So we're just reading verses 1 to 3, um, the call of Abram. The Lord said to Abram, Go out from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. The second reading is found on page 975 of the um, Pew Bibles on um, Luke chapter 24, verses 44 to 49. Then he told them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He also said to them, This is what is written. The Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And look, I am sending you what my father promised. As for you, stay in the city until you are promised until you are empowered from on high. Hi everyone, working okay, great. It's great to be here with you. Um, we just did also want to mention a couple of other quick things. Um, in the supper area, we've just got a table there. And you can find a few things from our mission organisation, SIM, some magazines with great stuff about uh, what God's doing all over the world. It's a great magazine. Feel free to take, take them, they're free. Or any brochures that you see there that might interest you with regard to mission. And also bookmarks. Take a bookmark or, or ten. And um, there's also two lists one, if you would like to receive our newsletter directly, you can put your name on that, on that list. And another is, um, just really briefly, I'm director of a project where we give scholarships to students to help them with their costs of uh, study. If you're interested in, in supporting that kind of a program, or, or if you want more information, you can put your name on that list and I can give you some more information about that. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Thanks a lot. Uh, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day, this evening we have, that you have given us to gather together as your people under your word. Lord, be with us by your spirit as we meditate upon your word. Guide us by your spirit. Lord, in our thoughts, uh, speak to us, Lord, and help us to know what it is you are saying to us and how it is we might live in response. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are back uh, on home assignment and we have to remember now that we can actually drink the water straight out of the tap and we don't have to wash our fruit and vegetables in disinfectant before we eat them. Uh, we can put the toilet paper into the toilet bowl and flush it and we, we won't break the plumbing system. Exciting things. 
Uh, we have to remember those things. We can cross the road at a pedestrian crossing and not get run over by a car because mostly the cars will stop at stoplights and red lights and pedestrian crossings. Uh, so there's some differences. And uh, we go into a different culture. We go into a different language, a different country, and, and we come back. We have culture shock. We have reverse culture shock. And we might ask, why, why do we do that? Why do we, um, why do, we do mission? This week I was at a, a mission conference and there was a guy sharing about his time as a missionary and he served in Somalia for 12 years amongst Muslims. And that's a tough gig. <laughs> he had some stories. And in 12 years he gave away one Bible and doesn't know of anyone who was converted for sure. Uh, that was pretty tough, uh, tough work. I've also been reading recently a book by John Piper. He's doing some books now about missionaries in, in history. And he talks about uh, two guys, John Williams and James Harris, who in the 1800s were killed and eaten by cannibals literally minutes, minutes after arriving on an island in the New Hebrides. Um, why do we do mission with its varying costs and sacrifices and investments. Why, why do we do mission? Why do you do mission here at Church by the Bridge? Why do you go out and love people? And why are you partnering with missions, missionaries like us in cross-cultural um, ministries? Why do we do mission? Well, there's lots of answers to that. But the answer I want to focus on tonight is something we find in Luke 24. It would be helpful if you have those verses in front of you uh, to refer to them. Luke 24, 44 and to 47. I'll be focusing on those verses, 44 to 47. This is Jesus speaking with his disciples in the, in the, the final verses of Acts. So it's the last recorded words between Jesus and his disciples in the Gospel of Luke. The last words that Luke records. And... Being the last words, they're pretty significant. And it's, uh, it's, it'd be good to know what Jesus is saying, wouldn't it? And he gives them a Bible study. It's a pretty awesome Bible study, as you can imagine. And verse uh, 40, 45 says there, He opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? What's he talking about then to them? Well, he says in verse 44, uh, he talks to them about the Old Testament. He, he shines the light back onto the scriptures. He describes them there as the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. So the Hebrew Bible that Jesus used was divided into those three sections, the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, uh, which included other parts like Proverbs and Song of Songs and those things. So it was divided into three sections. We don't think of it that way anymore. But basically, it's our Old Testament. It's the same. So he's talking about the Old Testament. And he's saying, what is the Old Testament about? What is it about? And he says, well, it's about me. It's about me. Well, my word, uh, he told them these, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. So he's saying, the Old Testament is talking about me coming and fulfilling what is written. 
that's a pretty big call, isn't it? These uh, scriptures, this revelation from God over a thousand years by various people at various times, spirit-inspired uh, scriptures, and Jesus says, it's all, it's all about me. We go into the Old Testament, we see all kinds of things in there, don't we? We see poems and songs, uh, we see uh, legal uh, ordinances and commandments, we see uh, historical narratives and stories, we see uh, crazy apocalyptic visions. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of stuff in there, and some hard stuff to understand too, but easy in a way because it's all about Jesus. It's about him in some way. Near where we live in, in Peru, there is a place called Nazca, and the ancient people there carved into the earth these, these lines, these great long lines. And you can walk around and see these, these lines carved into the earth, and they just look like long lines. If you go up on one of the surrounding mountains, or you fly over in a plane and look down, you see that all these lines are connected and form pictures. There's pictures of uh, hummingbirds, of spiders, of monkeys, all kinds of things uh, that the ancient people have drawn in the earth. And so there's all these lines connected to form a picture. In the Old Testament, it's a bit like that. Wherever you are, you can, you can uh, be on one of these lines, but all the lines are connected to form the picture uh, of, of Jesus, if you like, that Jesus will come. And so he describes himself in verse 46 as the Messiah, uh, the anointed one, the chosen one, the one whom God would send and through whom he would fulfill his plans and purposes. So he's revealing his plans and purposes in the Old Testament uh, to be fulfilled in the Messiah, and Jesus says, that's me. But that's not all he says the Old Testament is about. It doesn't end there. The story doesn't end there. Because he says in verse 44, uh, 46 rather, sorry. He also said to them, this is what is written. The Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead the third day. So it's not just that this guy is going to come, the Messiah, but it's also about what he's going to do. He is going to die and rise again on the third day. That's a very important part of the story. God demonstrating his power through the cross and the resurrection of his, of his son, of the Messiah. Uh, that's a fantastic story, isn't it? We love that story. But that's also not the end of the story. Because you notice there Jesus goes on and says, and repentance for forgiveness of sins. There's this availability now, this opportunity to know God, to come to God, to repent and be forgiven. So this is shorthand for reconciliation with God or salvation. That's what uh, Jesus is talking about here. In, the, in this phrase. So it's not just about that Jesus would come. It's not just about that he would die and rise again. It's also about the outcome of that, that now there is forgiveness of sins and people can be saved. And that's a great story. It's 
a great story for us, isn't it? If we've come to the Lord Jesus and put our trust in him in the cross and in his resurrection and received that salvation. That's a, a fantastic story for us. But it doesn't end there. There's more. Because verse 47 goes on. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. That's part of the story. So you notice how this verse flows. Verse 46 again. He said to them, this is what is written. This is what the Old Testament is talking about. The Messiah would come and suffer and rise from the dead the third day and, and, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations. That is a necessary part of the story. It doesn't end in verse 44 or 45 or 46 or 47a. We need the whole bit, the whole of it, to know the full plan, purpose and revelation of God in the Bible. Why do we do mission? Because that's the story of the Bible. That this forgiveness would be proclaimed to all nations. So we can think about the Old Testament again a little bit. Like the, the verse we had read, Genesis 12. It's a classic verse, very important, very key. God's promise to Abraham, you will be blessed and through you all nations, peoples will be blessed through you as in through his descendants, through Jesus. All nations will be blessed. Or there's verses like Isaiah 49.6, you will be a light to the nations. Or Psalm 96, sing unto the Lord uh, a new song, sing unto the Lord all the earth. Declare his glory among the nations. See, it's always been there. The intention has always been there in God's plan and in his revelation. That, that knowledge of him and salvation in him would go to all the earth, all nations. But we don't just need those individual um, verses because we can also look in the New Testament and find individual verses like Matthew 28. There's a classic which is just says, go and make disciples of all nations. See, we, can, we can find those verses and we can make a case for mission from them. But what I'm saying is the whole flow of the story of, of the Bible, the whole weight of the, of, of the Bible is, is behind our mission to the world. That's what the Bible is all about from the very beginning. Now, there's a guy named... Uh, uh, Christopher Wright, and he has written a big book on mission. And his, his main idea is that we need to have uh, what he calls a missional understanding of the Bible. That is, we kind of look at, look at the Bible through a, a, missional, a, missional, a mission grid and we understand and interpret it in that way. And it's really just kind of what Jesus is saying here. That's what it's all about. That is God's mission. But he says this, it is not so much the case that God has a mission for his church in the world, but that God has a church for his mission in the world. 
There's a, dis- there's a distinction there. He says it again in different words. Mission was not made for the church. The church was made for mission, God's mission. The church was made for mission, God's mission. So when we understand this whole flow of the story of the Bible, we need to understand that the church is integral to the story. The church is integral to the story. And so God didn't just uh, say, well, mission, uh, what does it say here? Mission was not made for the church. Church was made for mission. So they didn't just kind of get the church, you know, the story comes along and then he he gets some uh, followers and there's a church and then he thinks, well, I better give them something to do. Uh, What can we get them to do? Well, maybe they can go out and tell other people uh, the good news. And then we find, well, maybe there's a few people in the church that might be able to do that, uh, you know, but that's not everybody that needs to, to be part of that. But no, that's not, not the case at all. The church was made for mission. The church is integral to the plan. The church is integral to the mission, God's mission. The second thing uh, is that you are integral to the church. So we came back here and um, there's been some great renovations done to the building. If you've been here a while, you, you would know that. And they did, redid the whole kind of roof and, uh, and all these new chairs, which are terrific. But you know, don't you, that the church is not the building. The church is not the roof or the chairs. The church is what's under the roof and sitting on the chairs, right? You are the church. You are the church. When you become a Christian... That's an individual, personal choice to put your trust in Jesus and follow him. But when you make that individual choice, you become part of a community that is uh, unavoidable. You are part of God's people. You are part of his community. Now, that's, that means two things. It means, one, you now are uh, part of the plan. Because you're part of the church. And Jesus has entrusted this part of the, the, the plan, this part of the story, preaching the gospel to all nations, to his followers, to the church. So he's entrusted that to the church, and you're an integral part of the church, so he's entrusted it to you. So we need to understand that, yes, we, we have that responsibility. But we also are part of a church, part of a community, part of a team. And so we don't just think, oh, that's all up to me. No, it's up to, it's up to us as a community. So we're doing it together. Now, that's a great thing, isn't it? Especially here at a, a church like Church by the Bridge where they're, they're thinking about mission and making plans about mission and giving you opportunities to participate in the mission. So there's loving uh, taking love. This week was taking love, right? Next week we don't have to worry about taking love, do we? No, no, I think we can keep going with that, right? We can keep loving. We can keep taking that love. Keep uh, sharing with people. Uh, and there are ways in which you can be part of that, ways in which you can be part of partnering with missionaries like us and with uh, other uh, uh, of the um, mission partners that you have in various parts of the world. What I want us to understand is 
that when you become a Christian, oftentimes it's like, well, uh, I'm a Christian, so I have my life, I have my work, maybe I have a family. There's a lot of stuff right there already, isn't there? Then I have church, so I did a Bible study, and then, you know, I have to you know, serve somewhere. And so uh, I've got to add that in somewhere. And then, you know, maybe there's a good thing here and I'd really like to add that in too, but it's constantly trying to find ways of, of finding the time to do all these things. And I don't want to be the missionary, the, the, the missionary or the person that says to you, now you have to add this to your list to, to do somewhere, somehow. I want you to rethink your whole identity. I want you to recalibrate who you are as a Christian following Jesus. Who are you? You're someone who's become part of the story. You have become part of God's mission to all nations. That's who you are. How does that become part of your life? Watch and, and pray. Watch and pray. And God will lead you. And God will show you. And be intentional about that. So uh, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm, in three, I'm in three points here or application. One is uh, the church is integral to God's mission. You are integral to the church. And the third point is this. It's an awesome privilege it's an awesome privilege to be this person in Christ, in his world. To have this task entrusted to us. Here is the God of the universe. The God who made everything, the whole creation from the, from the beginning to the new creation in eternity. The all-powerful God, the all-sovereign God. The God who has a heart for the nations and he makes us part of his plans. He makes us part of his story. The more you, that we think about that, the more fantastic and amazing and awesome it is. So keep thinking about that. It's an incredible privilege to be part of God's mission to the world because that's his heart. So we can know the story of the Bible, can't we? We can know the story of the Bible. You could probably give a fair, sh a fair shake of telling the story of the Bible. You could, you could tell the story of, uh, of what the Old Testament is about, right? You could say, well, it's pointing to Jesus. You can say that. You can tell that part of the story. You could tell the part of the story that Jesus comes. Yeah, Jesus comes into the world, the Son of God, the Messiah. You, you know that. You can tell that part of the story. You can tell the part of the story where Jesus dies on the cross and rises again. That's an awesome part of the story. You can tell that part of the story. You can tell the part of the story where Jesus, by his death and resurrection, makes available reconciliation and salvation with God. I reckon you could, you could all tell that part of the story. But... There's that other part of the story, isn't there? The part of the story that is our part of the story. The part of the story that God has brought us into. 
preaching the good news to all nations. Can you tell something about that part of the story? Because that's an autobiographical part of the story. Can you say something about that? Because that would be an awesome story.